Hi, I'm Luke Edwards, and before we start NL full-time this week, as you may well know, there was three National League games called off yesterday. Stockport against Dagenham, Fylde against Sutton, and Barrow against Dover, with the teams unable to get out of London, stuck on the train, because of an incident, unfortunately. Now, because it's Mental Health Week, I just thought I'd say, if your mental or emotional state is quickly getting worse and you're worried about someone you know, then help is available. You're not alone. Please do talk to someone that you trust. Sharing a problem is often the first step to recovery. Hi, my name's Steve Claridge. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. It is NL Full-Time, and joining me this week, as always, it is Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie. Good morning, Luke. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And... Rob's decided to have a bit of a lie-in this week, having a bit of a rest, and uh, good on him. He's uh, he sent he sent over his report about all the shot on Hartlepool yesterday, which we'll, we'll get to shortly. But stepping in to his very big shoes is England C goalkeeping coach Mick Payne. Hello, Mick. Yes, good morning, uh, Luke, and good morning, Dickie, as well. Yeah, great to uh, to be on board uh, this morning, and uh, looking forward to uh, a good conversation. Yeah, you were at Dulwich Hamlet yesterday. We'll get onto that later on when we cover off the South. But we'll go back to midweek and uh, the key results. So we'll have a quick run through of that. And Bromley got back to winning ways thanks to a winner from Joe Kizzy in their game. Halifax stayed top despite a disappointing draw with Charlie. Barrow, they secured a seventh straight win over Boreham Wood and Yeovil marched on as well. At the bottom, there was massive wins for Chesterfield winning at Fylde. Mike Fondock with two goals there and Aldershot won 4 0 at home to Dover. On Wednesday, Stockport got back to winning ways against Hartlepool with debutant Loney Tom Walker getting the winner, and that's despite a first goal of the season for Nicky Kabamba. And after the game, Chris caught up with the then Hartlepool manager, Craig Hignett. Craig, you've been on a good run actually, haven't you? Unbeaten in a few games. Um, you had a bit of um, a bonus at, at the weekend, a bit of uh, encouragement coming in today's game. If you take out the first 20 minutes, it hasn't been a bad few games, has it? No, it hasn't. I think we've we've played some good stuff. We look like we've uh, we turned the corner. Had a great win against Yeovil and played really well in that. Um, had a couple of draws before there. One one where we should have won. I think Eastleigh was one. Chesterfield. We had a couple of decisions go against us. Um, so we haven't got the points really that our performances have deserved. But we contribute to that a little bit as well with how wasteful we are sometimes in front of goal. When we get our chances, the amount of times we miss the target or don't make the keeper work. Um, is criminal for the opportunities we get so that's something we've got to address Yeah, You create a lot of opportunities tonight even in the first half and uh, they've gone wide, they've gone over the bar yeah, When we need you know, shots from distance, shots from the edge of the box we tend to snatch at it or try and blast it you know, you, you see top players they pass it into the corner and they make the keeper work, they hit the target more often than they miss the target whereas the level we're at um, we're missing the target more than we're hitting the target so that's something I mean I've got some young lads who are going to go on and have, have decent careers in the game um, and they'll learn and they'll get better with, with the more games they play You touched on it a second ago you look at the league table I think you're 15th after tonight mm. is that a false position? Well no because that's that's where the points say we should be I mean we've like I say we've had some things go against us we've, we've had 8 points really robbed off us and literally robbed off us because we've had feedback yeah. back saying yeah that was wrong sorry that was wrong and it's cost us points. Um, so without playing any different, we could be eight points further up. I know as the season goes on, we've got our best players. We Our two best players haven't kicked the ball for us yet in Luke Williams and Luke Molyneux. So when they come back, we'll be a different team again. Um, but I think we've got enough to, to go on a good run. I think at some point in the season, we're going to go and win win a few games on the spin. Um, and I'd be disappointed if we weren't somewhere near at the end. A really short turnaround now to your next game. You've got another long journey, you've got another long trip. 
Are you going to use some of your squad players for that? Well, I think we'll, we'll see how everyone is tomorrow. Um, we'll see what we've got. Um, and I might shuffle the pack because the lads who played second half have, have done really well tonight and give me something to think about. And that was Craig Hignett, and that proved to be his final interview with us here on NL Full Time, an exclusive there. Uh, he was sacked on Thursday, and a lot of the Hartlepool fans were shocked by it. Now, watching the game, Mick, to me, Hartlepool just they start the game slowly, and then they're just a bit passive. And for the players that they've got there, do you think they should be doing better? And hence, that's why the chairman's acted. Listen, you know, we know what the game's about. You know, it's uh, winning business. You know, it's results uh, driven. Uh, no doubt about that. You know, whether it's uh, a knee-jerk sort of reaction, but oh, look, they're thereabouts, aren't they? I've got some good players, and uh, you know, um, I'm privileged to speak with Ben Killick, who's up there, the goalkeeper, and he says, you know, it's been a, it's been a good, good time there. You know, speaking to him, he says, yeah, the things are, are, are in, in place, but we know what happens with uh, you know managers once things are, go awry, if you like, or go uh, not the way you. Fans wanting to go, or the chairman wanting to go. Um, you know, we're not privy to, to know what goes on day in, day out, so we don't know what's gone on there. But no, I was tightly surprised, really, to see him, um, you know, uh, relieved of his duties because I, I believe he would have got it right there. I do. Absolutely, they they part company with Gary Hill uh, during the week as well, and Mick. I know that's um, quite a close one for you. You, you do um, a little bit at Absolute, and you know Gary Hill really well as well. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been there this season. Um, you know, at the end of last season, um, Gary got me to you know just come in and do a, a few sessions with Ashmore, funny enough, the keeper. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good to be around. And um, I've known Gary a very, very, very long time. He's been extremely loyal to me. Uh, but he, he had a he had a, a poison chalice. But it was, a, it was a, an incredible oversee of various uh, ins and outs of uh, Epsley Football Club. I mean, he had to really cut budgets. Everyone knows and players mm. weren't happy. And you know, there's a lot of a lot of um, things behind the scenes that were needed to be sorted. I thought Gary did that very, very well. But again, you know, we come down to a results business. Um, it's, uh, you know, he, he's had to cut his cloth with the players that he's brought in, but he has brought players in. But I think, you know, in terms of their, what they were in terms of their contracts, I don't know the ins and outs of that again, as I say, but yeah, it's not been a great run. Um, I do believe Gary is, 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 is terrific for, for non-league football. And I'm sure he will um, he'll pop up somewhere uh, very, very soon. I really do. Yeah, I'm interested to see who takes on that absolute job. At the minute, it's uh, Kevin Watson in caretaker charge. He's Ian Herring's old assistant manager at Hungerford Town. And if he gets a couple of results, I'm guessing that he could be given a job on a permanent basis. He was a, a strange one, wasn't he? You know, uh, I know Gary knew him. And, uh, but Kevin's been around, you know. He, he, he's uh, very, um, what's the word? He's very progressive he wants he wants to be in football uh, he believes he has the opportunity to be a group manager stroke coach and uh, he's got a lot of pedigree so that'll be an interesting uh, fit whether he does keep it um, I know he's had meetings with um, the powers that be there at Epswick so it might be an opportunity we'll, we'll, again we'll, uh, we'll watch the, watch this space as they say Indeed, and, and finally, despite Files' game being called off against Sutton on Saturday, the news broke during half-time of a lot of the games on Saturday that Dave Challoner had been relieved of his duties, and it was probably normally the chairman are quite ruthless, but I think he's only Files' second ever manager in their history, and uh, Dave Hawthorne late revealed he was, so, he was really upset by the decision, but it had to be done, and it, it's one of those sackings where... 
it's a difficult one Mick isn't it because you, you kind of we talked about it before we filed and you kind of look at Tranmere the year they went up through the playoffs and they stuck with Mickey Mellon even at this time they were, I think they were down in about 16th position then they went on an amazing run and it suddenly clicked and Fylde have spent a lot of money this summer and, and you can see that it wasn't a decision taken lightly exactly right I mean um, you know we were we were there at uh, Wembley when they played and uh, in Orient and things like that and it's, yeah, like the, 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 with 16 games in, you know, if you like, 16, 17 games in, 16 points, you know, in fourth sort of position up from the bottom, you know, again, it's uh, a decisions, you know, get made. And as you said, I don't think it's been made lightly. Uh, I do believe uh, they feel it's the, the best interest of the club and uh, we need an injection of someone else coming in and, uh, you know, taking the reins and, and, and pushing on. But, you know, it, it happens. It, it, we, 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 we've been in football so long, you know, and, uh, you look at it, it just happens. It happens on a regular basis. And I'll go back to what I've just said. You, once you start losing games regular, you know, you're on a, you know, on thin ice, for a better word. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who gets a foul job. It's a very attractive job, isn't it, Mick, for someone out there? Whether they, they look for an experienced National League manager or whether they, they do like Salford did and, and, and go for someone like Graham Alexander, who's managed in League One and League Two, someone of that ilk. Yeah, I, I think. What you just said is an attractive job. I think all the all the jobs in, in the National League are attractive jobs for managers who have been there and done it and seen it, uh, but also, uh, you know, new managers coming through uh, who have got good pedigree or got a, uh, a real enthusiasm or a drive and a real understanding of that, of, that, of that league. It depends what chairman, you know, what they're looking for. You know, do you go with experience or do you go with someone who's not saying... Uh, not tested, but someone who's going to, you know, hopefully bring a freshness to it. So uh, I, I like to see that sometimes, you know, where young managers come in and you're dead right, you know, files an attractive uh, proposition, same as Hartlepool, big club, you know, within the, the National League. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, the Eversfleet one, we go back to that, we don't mind me, but it, mm. that's something where you've got everything to gain, nothing to lose. I, I, I would say if you come in as manager there and keep them up, then you've done a good job. Yeah, we'll get on to Ebbsfleet in a minute and how they got on on Saturday. But we'll start off with Hartlepool and, and they travelled to Aldershot. As I said, even though Rob's not here, he sent us a brief overview of what happened at Aldershot on Saturday. Well, as you know, boys, um, after another hectic week with three games in uh, eight days, uh, I'm taking a break from the podcast this weekend. But I wanted to just uh, fill you guys in really about uh, Hartlepool. What a fantastic result for them. Uh, on Saturday at Aldershot uh, in adversity. They uh, had 24 hours less to prepare for the game. They pretty much had Thursday off to recover after the live TV game at Stockport, spent Friday travelling and then showed up on the pitch at Aldershot on Saturday afternoon. Um, But uh, one thing that does happen, perhaps when a manager goes, the players get a little bit of a free hit. Things are freed up and Hartlepool played that way on Saturday. They were thoroughly deserving of their victory at Aldershot Town, for whom, unfortunately, it was back to uh, the problems in front of goal. They created no end of chances, Aldershot, um, significantly more than Hartlepool, actually, but uh, were really profligate in front of goal. Jacob Berkeley, Adjapong, Shamir Mullins and Mo Betamer all had golden opportunities to score. I mean, unmarked in the area, six, three, nine yards out, you know, and they should have taken their chances. 
Uh, tough one for Aldershot to take after the highs of the midweek 4-0 win over Dover, but nothing went their way on the day. Hartlepool took the lead on the counter-attack after Aldershot had been denied a penalty when Chislett was pushed in the back, a couple of yards inside the penalty area. Um, on the half-hour mark, Hartlepool were awarded a very dubious penalty, which uh, Ryan Donaldson won and Josh Hawkes missed. Um, and then after that, as I say, Aldershot guilty of missing countless chances to go one all, And Hartlepool making them pay late on. A goal in the 80th minute and another one on the 93rd minute. Uh, and I, I, I want to pick out one player for praise. Nicky Kabamba hasn't had many starts for Hartlepool this season. Came on in the week and scored uh, a consolation goal at Stockport. Today, it was really unselfish for the second goal and squared it for the substitute to score. And then in the 93rd minute, he got his rewards, stretching out one of his very long legs to get on the end of a cross from the right. So well done, Hartlepool. Managerless Hartlepool. Uh, and congratulations to Anthony Sweeney on uh, a win as the caretaker manager. Hartlepool, I think, is a good job right now for someone to take. They're mid-table. I think they've got a good squad. And uh, the right kind of person coming in could could still guide them to a playoff finish this season. For Aldershot, well, it's uh, consistently inconsistent. And who knows what will happen the next time they turn up on the pitch. And as you heard there from Rob, a fantastic 3-0 win for Hartlepool. They'll be looking to push on now with that. The other team, as I say, who uh, with Gary Hill going this week, it was Kev Watson's chance to... Audition for the job, if you like. They played Maidenhead at home, but they lost by two goals to one in the end. And, and as you say, it's a, a tough job there at Ebsleet. But Maiden, we'll get on to Maidenhead as well. And they, they've had a, a good start to the season under Alan Devonshire. They've not done quite as well as they did in the early weeks, but they're still uh, there or thereabouts, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, as you said, the, the Ebsleet job is, a, is one that, uh, again, if you, if you, you really... Uh, a challenge well that's, that's one that you, it is a challenge there's no doubt about that but they're, they're not I wouldn't say they're, they're, they're sort of uh, hung out to dry yet I don't think they're, they're, they're alright they are six points behind but at this stage of the season if you can just get a little run who knows you know it's, I think the bottom line is now can they get you know stay in the league so whoever takes that job it's about trying to keep them in the league and I, 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 I've got to say look you're slightly going off that but this division I think it's anybody's. So I think if you get a little run, you know, you, you, you could find yourself way up the league pretty quickly. Yeah, we've teed that up nicely, mate, because last year we had obviously a standout in Leighton Orient and Solvedu were going at it toe for toe. But Halifax, they lost again uh, on Saturday. They drew 0 0 with Charlie, as we said, midweek. Then they lost at home to Boreham Wood on Saturday by two goals to nil but they stay ahead of Bromley still on goal difference because Bromley lost 2-1 at Solihull thanks to goals from Gavin Gunning and Danny Wright and Yeovil also uh, they remain in third uh, they had a 2-1 defeat at home to Harrogate so none of the top three won nobody really wants it at the minute did he Mick? Well exactly I think you know whether they want it or not I think you know it's, it's the inconsistency of these teams uh, you're dead right I mean I've got to say Halifax uh, you know top of the pile at the moment Bromley I've seen uh, a number of times already, you know, to, uh, about four times this year. They've got a good uh, squad of players, and, you know, good excellent manager with Neil Smith. You know, we know what they bring and uh, in terms of, you know, their um, credentials in playing in, in the football league. So they want to get back up. But the one standout we got, you won't look at that. I'm looking again. Barrow done exceptionally well. And, you know, if you look back a, a few weeks ago, Barrow was sort of like, 
just above the relegation so it just shows you, you know you get this run together Notts County you know again getting things right so it's a really interesting league and I, I believe it will go right to the wire this year it's, uh, it's going to be a really uh, interesting uh, uh, division Going to come out on top. Yeah, as you mentioned with Barrow, it's a very it's started just a bit of fine tuning for me and Everett because I saw them at Stockport and I've seen them on TV a couple of times this year and especially away from home they've been getting ahead but not seeing games out and it was just kind of as I say a bit of fine tuning and getting them to see out games better and now they're doing that they're, they're flying up the table, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are, you know uh, I've got a lot of time for uh, his manager, you know the way he manages his football club. Uh, I had a good chat with him actually. I saw him at uh, all the shop. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, and um, yeah, that is exactly that. You might, I saw that they were, wouldn't say coasting the game, but they were bossing the game. Things were, you know, going terrifically well, and all of a sudden they went back in their shell a little bit, put themselves under pressure, and actually could have lost the game. Just, but as you say, not seeing the games out. You know, the word we use game management, and they didn't game manage as well as they should have. I mean, it was uh, putting his hair out a little bit uh, here and ever, but. Uh, yeah, they've had, a, they've had a fantastic run and uh, I've been extremely impressed with the, the way they've gone about their business this season. Yeah, as I say, Yeovil, despite their defeat on Saturday, they've, uh, they've suffered a couple of defeats now and they're in, in third position, but considering where they were at the start of the season and the way Darren Sahl had to kind of just get a team together ready to start the season, uh, he's done a terrific job there, hasn't he, so far? Ah, you, you call it dead right. You know, they were in the same turmoil, but you know, really reorganise, reshuffle, uh, get things in place, and that's not, you know, not, not making excuses. That's not easy. You know, you have to really work at that. And then to get the team on the on the pitch every Saturday or Tuesday or whatever time they're playing, because as we know, these games come thick and fast this stage of the season. Uh, no, they're they're in they're in the mix, aren't they? They're in the uh, the shake up, as they say, and the, you know, one point off the top. It's uh, you know, he's, he's done, uh, yes, he has, he's done a brilliant job there and uh, I hope it continues. Yeah, it didn't happen for them on Saturday. They lost 2-1 to Harrogate. Brendan Kiernan and Jack Muldoon scored in the second half and despite Reese Murphy scoring late on, it wasn't enough to prevent a defeat for the Glovers. But I spoke to one of the goal scorers in that game, Harrogate Town's Brendan Kiernan. It's been a uh, good couple of weeks. Um, work hard. I think, I think that's the main ingredient uh, with, with all of us players is We've um, dug in deep when we needed to, and um, yeah, we've got the rewards from it. Just tell us a bit about the game at, at Yeovil. Obviously, they were the informed side. They're, uh, they're in third position in the table, but it was a, a hard-fought victory in the end. Definitely, yeah. I got the first one, and I've got to give to Jack Muldoon with the second one. Great finish from him, set up by Mark Beck. And um, yeah, all of us were, were just were just on it, I think. Um, we built a good platform in the first half. Um and we went in knowing that, you know, we was we were sticking to our plan and, and sticking to our shape and then we built on it in the second half. But definitely hard fought and I think that's summed us up in the last month. We've we've had to work for our wins, it hasn't come easy and yeah, that's we've been consistent in our in our graft and keeping our heads down and just working for it. Obviously, they're in the top ten now. They're obviously wanted to. They've also got ambitions to be in the playoffs. You kind of start the season a bit slowly, didn't you? But you look as though you're picking up a bit of form now. Yeah, I think. The club made six or seven new signers in the summer, me being one of them. And um, yeah, I think when you get into a new club, it's always always take time to get to know the players, get to know what movements people make, you know, what positions people take up. And I think that's always going to take time when you've uh, made so many changes. And I think now we're starting to see, you know, some of the uh, fruits of us getting to know each other a bit better. 
you know, gelling together more. And um, yeah, I think it just shows like when you you know keep faith and uh, yeah, you can reap the rewards from it. And in terms of your move, last year you were playing at Welling, you played nearly every game at Welling and a couple of seasons before that you played nearly every game at Hampton and Richmond Borough, so you're obviously a player who's, who doesn't get many injuries and he can produce your best farm then. Yeah, definitely. Um, as some of the players will tell you, I'm big on you know, stretching and you know, trying to recover well uh, and I think um, yeah, a lot of us are doing that. that you know, uh, I've always tried to keep my body in the best shape possible and yeah, hopefully I can you know repeat that this season and yeah just uh, stay on form and, and be as consistent as possible me and all the boys so yeah we're looking forward to that How have you found a step up from um, not only from moving from up north from down south as well but also the, the step up from National League South to the National League Yeah it's been a good test a good challenge I always knew it was going to be um, you know faster paced um, you know uh, better teams um, stronger opposition so um, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the challenge, and you know, I've been something I was looking forward to over the summer when I knew I was, you know, coming in. I was, um, I was excited to to get started and get playing, um, and and just you know, keep testing myself really. Um, so I was, I've just enjoyed it. Like every game, you look forward to it, and you know, you just want to produce your best football. We've talked a lot on the on this podcast about players having to work their way up. Obviously, you were at Wimbledon as a kid, and you've kind of had to take a couple of steps back to work your way back up to National League now level. And, hope, and I presume as well, you're going to be looking to get back into that league football. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know things. You, you grow as a player in football. Um, you improve. You, you know, you, you learn learn about your game. And I think yeah, that's been my journey really, just learning about my game and and you know. Just trying to get the best out of myself, which I think comes with more games and um, enjoying your football as well, which is what I'm doing at the moment, enjoying it at Harrogate. And yeah, that's that's I think one of the key key things for me. And uh, hopefully, me and the boys will, will keep keep climbing and see where we can go. What would you say the biggest biggest improvement in you's been then in terms of your game as well? I think understanding, probably game understanding. I've always you know, been good on the ball, and you know been able to beat people and uh, do my stuff but I think um, yeah the more games you play the more experience you get um, you start understanding where to be um, timing and, and just understanding the structure of teams and you know you know, because you come up against a solid team sometimes you've got to know how to break them down and uh, yeah I think that's been the biggest uh, addition to my game probably over the few seasons and finally, looking uh, ahead to the rest of the season I'm guessing uh, you boys at Harrogate feel that you can get into the playoffs Definitely, if um, you know the last few games doesn't give us belief, and I don't know what, will, but no, we've um, yeah, I think belief has built, you know, confidence. But we've always known from training what we can do, um, and you know, seen how we can, even in pre-season how well we can perform. And um, yeah, hopefully it's just um, as I've always said, it's a long season, it's a marathon. It's not um, you know, five, ten, fifteen game season. It's, it's you know, as, as we've all done, like. You know, for the last few seasons, it's, 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 you've got to be consistent all through it. So, yeah, I think if we keep our consistency, keep doing what we're doing, we're, we're just going to, yeah, it's only going to be good for us. Well, Brendan, best of luck for the rest of the season and, and thanks for joining us. Cheers, mate. No, I appreciate it, dude. And that was Brendan Keenan and he, he's had a good couple of weeks and Harrogate, they're just outside the playoffs now, uh, just one point out and one place out of the playoffs and... Considering they were in there last year and the slow start they've had, Mick, I'm sure they'll want, they'll want to really push on and, and get in the playoffs again this year. Yeah, I said they're a side that's, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be 
slightly disappointed of their uh, inconsistency. I keep using that word, but it is. You've got, you've got to keep these, you know, runs to going, you know, uh, together. But they've had a, a decent run of late, you know, say one yesterday, and I look at their sort of uh, last sort of uh, seven games, uh, no defeats in that, really. You know, uh, four wins, I believe, and a couple of draws. So, uh, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good run at the moment, a very, very good run uh, in terms of what they've done, and uh, we're six games actually. Yeah, four wins, two two draws, and uh, they're uh, yeah they're on a, they're, they're on a good roll, as they say. And that only what happens, you know, when we're in teams or managers or coaches or players, the club, the fans, the confidence just grows. You know, you, you, sometimes you grind out a result, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I I've read the report, but it looks like they did well. But you know, you've got to grind out a result. So. Uh, Let's talk about another relegated side out of the Football League from last season, Notts County. Another good win for them against Torquay on Saturday. And again, Mick, similar to Yeovil in that they had a bit of turmoil. They weren't quite sure what was happening. The club ended up getting sold and, and everything's looking rosy again now. And they're, they're up into fifth place. Yeah, I mean, uh, exactly right. You know, they've had some dreadful sort of... Uh few months, haven't they, you know, at the end of the season and they went down, you know, the oldest club in the in the football league or uh, as such and, uh, you know, everyone's expectations were them they wouldn't go down, but they did uh, they've had to regroup, they've got a terrific fan base, I always say that, you know, sometimes like Leighton Orient, the expectations are very high, you know, with a club and they should be, with Notts County they should be high, uh, but uh, the players dig in, the management do well and um, yes, I knew while he's gone there, and uh, you know he's got good pedigree as a manager, isn't he? And uh, I was saying that yesterday on on on, uh, on, on BBC London. But uh, at the end of it, uh, you know he, he he knows how to get a team winning, and um, I'm sure if they continue their uh, upward trend, they're going to be a, a real force this season in the national league. And as I said, they beat Turkey yesterday, but despite that, they've had. A good start, a good solid start to the season, I think, Torquay, under a really experienced manager in Gary Johnson. Yeah, I mean, Torquay, again, is a, uh, a club that would love to be back. You know, we, we talk about, about non league, but these these clubs, you know, let's get it right. You know, down in Torquay, is there many clubs around them? Perhaps not. So they'd want to get back in the league if they can. And, and you called it right again in terms of they've got Gary Johnson, and he knows. They've not had it all their own way, Torquay. I thought they were up in a little bit more. Uh, but you know, up there in the top sort of uh, three, but then not. But when you look at the points tally, there's nothing between it. You know, it's, a, it's such a, a fine uh, line between the top. And I'm just looking. I mean, even if it's, you know, look at Barrow, who are on 28 points, they're in sort of fourth position. And then you've got Hartley, but we're in 15th position, and on 23. So you know, there's no there's no difference between that top group. But yeah, again, I do believe. Uh, Torquay will be there in the shake up as well, and I do believe they will be. Woking, they've they kind of stopped the rot in the last couple of weeks with a, a couple of decent results. They uh, drew 2 2 at Barnet on Saturday. Barnet, who are again going along quite steadily, Woking are in that last playoff place, and I think they needed that result, Woking, didn't they, at Barnet? Well, what's that with Bob Barnet? Uh, well, hey, let's go with Woking first. Woking uh, started like an express train, didn't they, this season? Yeah. They had a really great start, and uh, I think uh, they surprised lots and lots of people with the way they started. Um, you know, again, you look at their sort of run of form of late. Not had a win, have they? They've not had a win. They've got three draws uh, at the last six, but uh, lost three as well. So the last six, they haven't actually won. Um, 
so they've, they've consolidated a little bit there but uh, again they're going to have to go again and um, you know perhaps some of those players because I, I think it's quite an inexperienced group of players that have got at Woking yes there's one or two you know uh, lads who know the game but there's quite an inexperienced group there so they're going to go again the likes of Barnett well as I said going back uh, they'd, they'd want to get back in the football league I mean they've got a wonderful stadium uh, terrific facilities in terms of training I mean the only thing that always concerns me at times with Barnett is um the fan base, you know, um, I, I, I just don't get it really. You know, they're, they're, it's a wonderful setup over there, and uh, I don't really uh, command too much of a, a big following uh, for, for some reason. But uh, I, I do believe Darren Carey would get it right. That was a, it was a good result but in the end. Uh, Mason Clark was calling well late into injury time yesterday, wasn't it? He got the, got the equaliser, so uh, they needed that. But again, they're in the shape. That was well looked there. You know, they were just, just out, outside the playoffs. And, it is. It's going to be an interesting season. I really keep going on about it. You know, it's going to be a really interesting season. And uh, who's going to who's going to who's going to take the opportunity to to be the you know the top team at the end of the season? Yeah, as I said, Bromley lost yesterday. They lost at Solihull Moors and. Been surprised at how Solihull have done in the recent weeks, Mick. They've really sort of uh, slipped down the table, haven't they? So that win's a big boost for them. Yeah, it was a, that was a big boost. Uh, you know, again, not looking at uh, the, the situation. I think probably under a bit of pressure getting there yesterday, wasn't they? You know, and uh, they did get there. They got there. You know, the game kicked off late, didn't it? And whether that had an effect on their uh, on their performance, who knows? But certainly, uh, yeah, I mean, Solihull had a terrific run, didn't they, last year? Um, again, they're, they're, they're a side that is a difficult side. They are a difficult side to come up against the way they play their, their football, but it's effective. But um, yeah, they've, they've, they've picked up a couple of wins there back to back, so that's that bodes well for them. And uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, in terms of uh, where they want to be, they'd be quite happy that they're in the shake-up, you know, in sixth position at the moment, and you know, asking questions about every team that comes and plays. And so, sorry, as I say. They're a side that uh, make it difficult for you. Charlie, another nil-nil draw. They're very solid at the back. They just need to start scoring those goals now and uh, to help them get up the table. They do, yeah. It's a, it's a fourth successive nil-nil draw for Charlie. Um, I've read some criticism from Halifax fans of the way they approached the game on Tuesday night. Obviously, they, they got a, a nil-nil draw away to the league leaders. I, I think in the position that they're in, I, I think that's perfectly acceptable. They're, they're staying in... Um, in touch with the teams that are just outside of the relegation zone. I think they're on 13 points. I think one win to get them up to 16 points would probably propel them out of that bottom four. And I suppose if we're being realistic, that's what surely would have, you know, that would be their reasonable expectation for the season is let's, you know, it's going to be difficult, but if we can stay in there, then we can consolidate a little bit. Yeah, finding goals is going to be a challenge for them but you know even if it comes to, to January you're looking and thinking well who's, the, who's going to want to go to Chorley if they are stranded out of touch at the bottom of that division so if they can just stay in touch with you know the teams above them um, they're giving themselves a chance and, and they're getting a little bit more back to being the Chorley that we know from last season the, the team that's difficult to break down I agree with that you know, uh, Dickie I, said, I, I saw Chorley at uh, Dagger and Redford uh, the other week and on that, on that occasion, they deserve to win the game. They are, they're, they're a good outfit, you know, when I've seen them in terms of their organisation. And uh, as you, if you don't mind me saying, you know, they, they, yeah, they put uh, four, four draws together of late. But listen, that's going to that's gonna help, you know, they're, they're not losing games of football. So 
so they're staying in games of football and that's really really important and, uh, when you look at Wrexham we're in 20th position on 16 points let's get that right Wrexham a club with you know good pedigree also a good budget and surely are three points behind them well I think they'll take that all day long yeah Wrexham and Chesterfield big game there on Tuesday evening uh, being hosted there at the race course ground so if, if, if Chesterfield can win that they climb above Wrexham and out of the relegation zone and, and just a quick word on, on, on Chesterfield Mick it's um, we, I think we expect they had a bit of a blip last year we expected them to kind of get over that blip and be challenging but it's just not happened for them although it was a big win as we said at Fylde last Tuesday yeah it was a big win there at Fylde but uh, yeah I mean you know, you're right you know I think everyone expected that exactly right that uh, it was a uh, an indifferent season last year they couldn't, they couldn't buy a win could they they just couldn't buy a win and it seems that uh, that seems to have carried over it seems to have carried over this season and uh, you know when again you look at their sort of uh, their last run of games it's not been you know particularly great in terms of what they've uh, achieved that inconsistency they've got to just try to get a few more wins back to back and if they do that then you know it's not a win it's a loss it's a draw it's a win it's a loss get a bit of consistency and uh, then they might start uh, you know pushing up that league but it is, it is a surprise to see them down there in you know in those relegation uh, positions. Let's look now at the National League South. Hi, I'm Jay Robinson and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And in the National League South, Wheelstone plough on, don't they, mate? They're having a fantastic season. I saw them last week. They should have won the game against Bristol Manor Farm on the day. They didn't. They finally won in a replay 4-0. But they went to Chelmsford, which isn't an easy place to go, and won by three goals to one. Great win for them. Yeah, great win for them. And you said uh, they're ploughing on. They're on with style, that's the difference. They're plowing on with uh, real panache, real uh, enthusiasm. And I've spoken to a number of people uh, that they, they are they're sort of, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're spot on in terms of uh, going up this year. They believe, they think, they feel they're the best team they've seen. You know, when you look at their sort of uh, uh, home form, they've only got, um, only been beaten once there and... Uh, it's uh, no, it's uh, you know they're clear by five at the moment. Are clear by five points. So at this stage of the season, they take that. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be a force this year. And when, when I've been over there, it's a good, uh, it's a good setup over there. And again, uh, they want to get back in the you know with the big boys in the national league. So they, I think they're really going for it this year. Is there a shout for result of the day to be Hemel Hempstead winning at Haven? Now, I know Hemel are in second and been having a good season anyway, but they fell behind in 81 minutes to Danny Kedwell's goal, but then two goals from Sam Ashford, including one in stoppage time, meant that Hemel Hempstead ended up coming away with a 2-1 victory. Yeah, so you, you'll take that, wouldn't you? You know, as we said, it's uh, not an easy place to go. Haven't, as everyone knows, haven't you know, pushing the boat out in terms of um, who they've recruited, who they've got there, the budget and everything else. So it's a big, uh, it's a club in that uh, National League South that are going for things. And you say, Hemel, who, you know, not always get, get every player they want to get there, but that was a really, really good result there. And, uh, they should be uh, delighted because, again, they're, they're still up there, aren't they, in second position. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted for them because that is a good club that, Try to do things the correct way, so they, they should, you know, their fans will be delighted to see them get a result there, especially being a goal down and getting two goals in the last sort of the, well, the last seven minutes. That's a, that's a great return, and uh, I bet that was a good journey coming on. Oh yeah, definitely, and they've got a cushion now, four points into third place. Slough, who had a slow start to the season, Slough, they were down near the bottom, but they propelled themselves up to third in recent weeks, and they had a good three-one win over 
Bill Ricky, another good win for Slough then. The game was over uh, within an hour, really. They were 3-0 up before Bill Ricky pulled one back late on. But uh, that that 3G pitch down there at Slough will give them an advantage, won't it? Yeah, I, I do believe it does. I think uh, you know the 3G pitch does give you know the teams a lot. I mean, yesterday I bet it was really fast though. You know, with the rain that came down, so I bet mm. it was really slick and fast. But it definitely advantage. You know, they, they train on it, play on it. You know, you know where other teams just turn up and you know might have the odd training session on a 3G pitch and then go and play. But I think you're dead right. What they've done, the game was over within the hour. They, they started very, very strong there yesterday. And um, you know, put Bilirici to the sword if you like, and uh, won the game. And again, you know, they're in third position as you mentioned, and um, you know they'd be delighted in terms of 13 games gone in the season. In a great position to keep uh, knocking on the door for that uh, automatic promotion place. So, you know, we know it's a long season, and this this stage now, where the weather starts to change a little bit, the pitches get. Although I must say the pitches are great, while I saw it yesterday, but mm. you know the pitches will get heavier, the conditions will get more blustery. So there'll be more challenges for everyone concerned, and uh, it's about you know going and getting the results. Sometimes you want to play well, of course you do, but it's about getting the result and the other performance even better. But uh, it's about these three points now, and uh, yeah, Slough have done uh, done themselves proud so far. I don't know how much you've seen of Darkin this year, Mick, but they're in fourth place. They had a, a one 0 win over Hungerford Town on Saturday. James McShane with the only goal there, and. Uh, they're bubbling around. They're going along nicely as well in fourth, aren't they? And I know Mark White kind of played down expectations by saying that they just want to be kind of have a solid first season. But they'll have one eye on those playoffs, won't they? Well, you know, when you when you're a side who have uh, just sort of come under the radar, which like Dorking have, and they're, they're in there with some big hitters. Let's get it right. They are, you know, some big hitters, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one for them. Uh, I think it'd be quite nice to say out the pack for the moment, and then perhaps have that push when needed. And uh, as I said, you know, they've perhaps just sneaked under the radar on, on everyone's sort of uh, terms and they turn up and, as you know, I said, they, they get a result. So, yeah, I mean, they're uh, in a good, good position to do well this season. And, um, you know, if they do get in the playoffs, well, that'll just be a, an incredible sort of achievement. So I wish them well because they uh, a club that, hope, again, do things very well and, uh, you know, try and do the, uh, the, the right things. Those wins for Slough and Darkin, they leapfrogged Haven, and just below Haven on goal difference in sixth place are Weymouth, and they drew 2 2 at Dulwich Hamlet on Saturday, and that's a game you were at, Mick. Yeah, I went to the game Dulwich yesterday. Uh, privileged to be there, to be totally honest with you. It was a real honour to be there. Um, you know, I come on to Weymouth shortly, but, you know, in terms of the, uh, the fan base there at Dulwich, I mean, uh, over, well, there were 3,000 fans there. I mean, that's an incredible stat for the National League South. I think, be, you know, Division 2 in the, in, the, in the Football League would be delighted to have that type of crowd. So, mm. no, it was great. That uh, no, was an entertaining game. It was a really entertaining game. Weymouth have been on a good run, as people know, and uh, got to say, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was, a, it was a fair result. I thought it was 2-2. Um, wonderful uh, uh, goals scored. I mean, especially the, um, I don't know if people have seen it on, on YouTube for the uh, the young guy at, uh, at Wayne scored a fantastic uh, strike, uh, Ainsworth. It was an unbelievable strike, you know, free kick come over. He's sort of lurking on the apex of the box and he's, the ball's not touched the floor, it's about a foot off the floor and he's just volleyed it into the far corner. It, if, it, if you've seen uh, Messi, Ronaldo or someone else do that, it'll be shown time and time again if you get a chance uh, yeah. to say all your listeners 
can't go and see it because it's a great strike. But no, Weymouth uh, are doing good things there on uh, Mark Moley, and um, I've got to say it's a, a club again. If they get it right, you know, get a great fan base down there, don't they, at Weymouth, and, uh, they'd be looking to get back into that National League, so they've got a chance. Moving down to the bottom, there was big wins for Tombridge and Hampton and Richmond Borough. Uh, they leapfrogged Oxford City. Uh, really good wins for them. And Tombridge are starting to find the feet now, Mick, aren't they? Yeah, I think that's it. Sometimes, you, you know, the season sort of, you know, just, just start slowly for certain clubs, for certain uh, managers. They, they don't always get the, uh, the team right or the shape right or the formation right. And, uh, yeah, they're starting to just... Uh, claw their way uh, into the you know out of the sort of bottom sort of area uh, yeah they're, they're, they're down at the bottom there in the bottom you know bottom sort of four but they're not away are they they're, they're, they're not like, detached from anyone and uh, like a lot of you know a lot of clubs down the bottom they're not attached at all really as the game as the season you know continues so yeah Tombridge are trying to get things right and um, I believe they will uh, you know start to just climb that league a little bit they just I keep using the old word again though consistency get those consistent results and then the confidence grows that's what that's what managers and the players want that consistency one team that's surprised I'm surprised at that are down there are St Albans uh, they lost again at 3-1 at home to Eastbourne Borough and Ian Allenson must be under real pressure now but I'm surprised that they're down in the bottom two yeah again that is a surprise Uh, they've got some good players at that club and uh, yeah, you know, I mean, Ian Allison knows knows the game, so he knows. You know, the game uh, can change very, very quickly with you know two or three sort of uh, results that go your way. But uh, no, it's a big, big surprise to see St Albans down there because I actually do believe they were going to be pushing for uh, you know in the playoffs. I, I did, I did believe that how they recruited this year, and um, yeah, that's. I think uh, a lot of people will be looking at that and saying, mm, you know, what's happening there because. Uh, to see them, you know, second and bottom, and they went one up yesterday very early, didn't they? They went up and uh, you know couldn't sort of maintain that. So uh, you know he's, he's got to get it right pretty soon now. I, I believe uh, Ian Allison because uh, you know as we said, chairmen don't wait too long. Twitch finger will be getting uh, very very twitchy there uh, down at St Albans, and. A man who's back in football this week who's got a good pedigree at this level is Steve King. He was appointed manager of Dartford during the week and he started off with a good 1-0 win at Oxford City and, and you, you're guessing now, um, yeah. Mick, that he'll get the best out of Dartford. Yeah, listen, Steve King knows the league. He knows the National League. He knows the National League South. He knows the biggest thing that Steve King is. He, he is a, 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 well, it's a purist, a purist in terms of going round. I mean, I've I've been at games and I've been doing commentary games and things like that and he was out of work but he was always at games he's always looking at players he's always studying players he's always studying clubs sometimes you know when a club's in a slight pickle or uh, in a situation where they want to stay in the league or, or, or go again uh, he seems to be the man to go to doesn't he thinking and um, you know Dartford uh, just you know reading on that today I mean they still command good good crowds but they were they were getting better crowds when they were successful and yeah they had a great result yesterday so uh, the Steve King effect has already had some effect straight away so uh, that was a good win for them yesterday now there's a, there was two other matches 
yesterday, both to, uh, against uh, involving sides that are just outside the playoff pitch. It was Bath one, Maidstone one, a late equaliser from Ryan Brunt there in the fifth minute of stoppage time meant Bath managed to get a point against Maidstone and then it finished Concord nil. Chippenham won. That's it for the National League South. So now we're going to look at the National League North. Hi, I'm Adam Summerton. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. So in the in the National League North, York, they stayed top of the table despite only drawing at ASC Telford. And you had first-hand of them yesterday, Dickie, and they don't concede many goals, did they? But they don't seem to be scoring as many either. No, um, that was my first look at York yesterday, Luke. And, you know, you, I think you can tell that they're... Uh, they looked very assured in possession in the first half, certainly, but they didn't make the most of their chances. They had two or three half chances, I would say. Um, they did take the lead early in the second half. Jordan Burrow put them ahead, but um, Telford pegged them back to one each within about six or seven minutes. And from there on, I would think if anybody shaded it from there on, it was Telford. I think there was some disappointment that they perhaps hadn't ended York's unbeaten run, ultimately. But from, from the position Telford had been in, having lost their last three including an FA Cup game um, I, you know it was, a, it was a really positive day I think there's some new faces in the Telford lineup that's um, sort of like reinvigorated them a little bit and, and York I mean we look at it from the perspective of I had a quick word with um, Telford's assistant manager Phil Trainer after the game and he said well York were pleased with that but if they haven't played as well as they can but they've still come away from home with a point you know that, that's a sign of a good side The game of the day certainly was Kingsland against Chester that finished two each so second and third so Chester remained three points behind York Kingsland remained a point behind Chester and uh, it just shows how close the match the teams are that they couldn't be separated at full time either. Yes, it does. I think there was a bit of um, mutual admiration from um, the respective management teams afterwards. Um, Ian Culverhouse of, of Kings Lynn said that Chester were the best side they'd faced so far. And likewise, I think Chester, you know, they spoke similarly, you know, that they felt that Kings Lynn are a good side. Um, Adam Murray put Kings Lynn ahead really early on, I think within the first couple of minutes, but Chester equalised through Simon Grand and then a quasi Asante put them ahead they looked to be on course for the three points there but then Adam Marion scored with about 15 minutes left to make it 2-2 um, and yeah it ended on as even I think probably just looking at the, the little bit of the, the story coming out of that game as well um, Kings Lynn lost central defender Chris Smith to injury and they've already got one central defender injured in Ryan Fryer so they, they're down to one fit centre half now according to Ian Culverhouse and he's already on the lookout to bring somebody in but says he's not going to bring somebody in for the sake of it they've got to be the right person and I guess that made me think that we're getting to that point of the season aren't we with you know 13 14 games played where people starting to get injuries one or two suspensions maybe starting to sort of like kick in at this point for like five bookings things like that and 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 those are the kind of those kind of things do help to establish whether the teams have got the depth to really challenge or whether you know they are a an 11 and not much else below it so I'm not making that statement about either Chester or Kings Lynn it's just that thought that came to mind but um, yeah honours even and with York drawing absolutely nobody in that top three made any moves on anybody else yesterday yeah the, the big mover though yesterday was Alfredton they moved into fourth position they got a 1-0 win at Leamington really good result for them although they're up against the Leamington side are in a horrendous run of farm at the minute yeah, they are. Leamington a bit of a sticky patch. They had a they had a run of um, three straight wins, I think, towards the end of August, beginning of September, and I think the only game they've won since then 
is their um, FA Cup replay away at Chasetown. Um, so, yeah, another defeat for, for them yesterday. But I know when they came and won at Telford earlier in the season, I grabbed a really quick word with Paul Holleran and congratulated him on their win. And he just said to me, it's very early yet. And I'm sure that's exactly how he's thinking now. You know, he's a very experienced manager. He's been around the block. Yeah, it's not a great run of form, but he knows that it's judged over 42 games, not the last five or six. Um, and Leamington are probably maybe where people would expect them to be at this stage of the season. Alfreton, however, aren't. You know, they, they, they didn't have a great season last year, but, but um, Billy Heath's recruitment in the summer has, has been good, and they're up to fourth. Bobby Johnson scoring the goal really early on yesterday. Um, not a classic performance, not a classic game, but any stretch of the imagination, I... I, I I gather from a few comments I've seen, but Alfredton won't care about that. They've got the win. Yeah, another another two teams who couldn't really take advantage either were Brackley and Geisley. Brackley fell one nil, fell to a one nil defeat at Southport, and Geisley drew one one with Altrincham, another team who were kind of not really got going yet. But uh, yeah, they'll be kind of um, when Kevin Wilkin and uh, Marcus Big not wake wake up this morning. There'll be a bit of a bit of a regret, won't there? Yeah, I think they're disappointed you now I think Brackley have you know started or been on a, a decent run of late um, Geisley have started the season really well but just forms a little bit different at the moment and again I mentioned it last week when we did the FA Cup review they were missing Aaron and Martin again yesterday for his um, he's got a three game suspension for a dismissal so that, that hurts them a little bit as well um, from that Southport Brackley game, one thing I should mention there, it was a it was a five hundredth game in charge for um, Liam Watson in charge of Southport. And he um, they had some I think particular sort of like they'd built up to it all week and there were some celebrations for him. Liam Watson said he was um, very humbled by it all but, but it made it even better by the fact they got the result. And a big day for David Morgan and the Southport skipper as well he just signed a contract extension with the club and it was his goal from the penalty spot that gave them a 1-0 win Yeah, Hereford and Boston they missed out a chance to get into the playoff positions Hereford lost 3-2 at Bradford Park Avenue a Bradford Park Avenue side who were back in charge under Mark Bower's stewardship and a good win for them although Hereford will feel like it's a missed opportunity I'm sure Hereford will you know but I think I think now Mark Bower is uh, is in place at the Hallsfall you'll start to see Bradford become a different proposition he's already brought back some familiar faces to uh, to Avenue fans which obviously plays well with the fans but it's got their experience that he's looking for Adam Nowakowski is one of those he put them ahead yesterday Lewis Knight one of the players who had stayed on under the new management regime um, from Mark Barrow's last spell in charge he scored the second um, Hereford got a goal back a penalty before half time from Tom, Tom O'Sullivan but then Dan Sweeney put Bradford 3-1 ahead. O'Sullivan got a second goal uh, from open play this time to make it 3-2, but they held on, and, and Mark Bauer said it was a lot to do with that, that experience. I think possibly if they'd been in a 3-2 position earlier in the season with the youth they got in the side, that maybe they wouldn't have held on. But, um, yeah, he expressed himself as being delighted with it, said we've worked a lot on making ourselves more solid, more physically strong, more compact. And... and said as well, you know, you have to bear in mind the last time out, Bradford Park Avenue lost their last game 8-0 at Brackley so in a space of two weeks to turn that around from an 8-0 defeat to a 3-2 win over a side that are on the fringes or in the playoff positions at the moment is, you know, it's a really good start for Mark Bauer. Yeah, and in 
Also, Gateshead, you saw them last week, Dickie. Another solid 1-0 win for them over Gloucester. They're just a point now out of the playoffs. And I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but the teams in those playoff places will be looking over the shoulders at Gateshead, won't they? I think they will. And I think Gateshead, it, it was a 1-0 win over Gloucester yesterday. Um, I believe that um, it, it could have been more. Mike Williams said after the game that, yeah, they'd created chances on another day. They, they, they could have had more, but you take the win. Um, Josh Coyote's goal earlier on, in the game put them gave them that advantage interesting that it's five home clean sheets in a row now for Gateshead they're turning that international stadium into um, a bit of a fortress and you know 1-0 wins are it, it doesn't matter we've spoken before about you know too many draws and not getting those wins you keep churning out the 1-0 wins you'll be there or thereabouts so Gateshead are ticking along nicely I think at the bottom, we mentioned it. We mentioned Bradford Park having you there, a point above the two relegation places. But Bly, they're not cut adrift anymore. They had a win at Curzon Ashton, a massive win for them, and that puts them within a point now of Bradford Park having you level on points with Kettering, who uh, have conceded 27 goals already, and it's not looking good for them, is it? No, it's not at the moment. Um, Kettering still without a, a permanent managerial appointment as well. They've got um, Stephen Kinneber in, in temporary charge at the moment. But they weren't able to do anything against uh, Spennymore yesterday. Glenn Taylor, we speak about him so often, but then he scores goals, so we're going to another two for him yesterday. Um, Kettering's score not helped as well by a, a red card in the first half for Jay Williams, their on-line defender. That was for a foul on Rob Ramshaw. And, and you know, when you look, when things aren't going against you, or when things are going against you, they just seem to go against you, don't they? And, you know, being down to 10 men, against a side like Spennymore uh, that, that, it's, it's a challenge coming back to that one about um, Bly Spartans, well they must love playing Curzon Ashton at the moment because they it was them that they got their first win against in the FA Cup in a replay after a four-all draw, mm. they went to Curzon again yesterday, different goal scorer this time, Levi Amanchi got the goal for them um, and it's been a really positive week for Blythe as well because Callum Roberts, we've spoken about him before, his two hat-tricks in a week just a couple of weeks ago I think he's on eight goals for them now he's attracted the attention of teams in the football league but he's signed a deal with Bly for the rest of the season um, and there's decidedly more optimism around Croft Park I would think as a result of, of the things that have gone in the last couple of weeks You were down at Dulwich Hammock yesterday Mick for, for non-league day and it's a great initiative isn't it? Uh, you know, non-league day as I said it's the day that uh, it really does highlight, highlight me, for me uh, non-league football uh, and when I say highlight, not just the players, but it's the fans, the, the volunteers, everybody who's connected with their clubs, you know, love it because it's their club, it's their local club. And as I say, um, you know, I was privileged and, uh, you know, to be at uh, Dulwich yesterday. They've got a blueprint there um, in terms of what they're succeeding and how they're succeeding. And what they're doing right, 3,000 people there, really family orientated in terms of uh, not just, you know, guys there and lots of their wives and children um, all, all really enjoying it on a really miserable afternoon, may I say, you know, the, the weather but uh, great atmosphere and the way we've brought a good contingent as well, so I applaud them but it was a you know, it, if it's going to be like that, you know, non-league is, is on the up because that's how it should be because to see that happening and the players themselves, you know they're, they're down at Dulles, they're, they're instructed to stay, uh, they mix with the fans afterwards and a uh, you know, in the sort of uh, the public sort of bars and that there, and uh, it's a really fa good family-run 
run club down there and uh, as I said I was just delighted to be there and be part of that day it was, it was terrific absolutely terrific yeah and f- obviously for the next international break or if there's any midweek games I'm guessing you'd encourage people to get down to their local non-league club and, and give it a try whatever level it's at well exactly right I think if I, if I was someone who went to the game yesterday I spoke to uh, a couple of guys on the train on the way home and uh, he said I, I brought my, my, my brother-in-law with me today first time he said it won't be the last time he said I'll be coming again he said I really enjoyed it it's, a, it's just a you know no, that's exactly right when people get an, uh, an idea of what good non-league football is about it doesn't have to be national league it can be all down the steps you know different levels and if you look at some of the crowds that were, were out there yesterday it just shows you people do come out they want to see their local side do well and uh, if they and you know that, that, as long as it's being delivered in a good way uh, in terms of you know pricing of getting in uh, making it you know uh, affordable for people and when they do get it yeah, there's you know the opportunity to to, to, to experience a good sort of uh, atmosphere uh, with the players and doing bits and pieces and that even there's little things on there at half time I, I, would, I would I would encourage everybody to, to go and see a bit of non-league football because it's uh, it's, it is when I say grassroots but it's something that you'll always remember because it's it's, 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 it's honest if that's the words it's honest the way they go about it is honest and uh, those those fans and those players you know do connect and it's, it's great to see yep go and see your non-league football all the time well that is it thank you very much for joining us Dickie you're very welcome Luke nice to speak to you again thanks for joining us Mick anyway thanks for coming on today yeah it was and always a pleasure to be part of uh, what you put out there Luke and uh, good to speak to Dickie as well and uh, as I say uh, the, the, the non-league uh, setup is uh, healthy and strong and uh, as I say get out and Don't forget to subscribe to us as well on iTunes and Spotify. And you can also email us on nlfulltime at gmail.com and also via Twitter. Uh, We had a very nice email this week off Daniel Reed, who uh, just asked us about our experience and how we get all our stats and stuff together. It's basically just by watching games, reading an only paper... Um, knowledge of players, things like that, getting out watching games. So, uh, but thanks for the uh, the very kind email, and and you can get in touch with us if you've not got Twitter. On Twitter, it's at NL Full Time. If you've not got Twitter, email us nlfulltime at gmail dot com. Thank you very much for joining us, and we shall see you all very soon. <laughs>